This week on the Straight Talk and Mental Health Podcast, we're talking being gay and being a parent. I got the, the whole comforting hand on the arm. I was like, no, darling, you're not trans. You're a lesbian. I was like, the fuck is a lesbian? I've had a lot of conversations with people around my own age, which would fit in the same demographic of having to conform, who got married, who done that journey, got mortgage, settled down, picket fence, kids, the works. And then came along 20 odd years later and kind of like going, I'm actually gay. But he was fully aware I was gay. Mammy's different. Mammy likes girls. But the next thing you were getting, boom. Fucking hell. And I go from there. And, and it was men. attacks by it was women. Never women. It was men no, attacking. It was men. Wow. Yes. Live from Oma Town, it is Saturday night. That means only one thing, it's the Straight Talk and Mental Health Podcast. Not Saturday Night Live from New York. Did you get that reference? That's a no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is Saturday night, it is the Straight Talk and Mental Health Podcast. What else will we be doing? We've got full bellies, we're fed and watered, and we're, and we're good to go. Get this out of the way, and then we're hitting the hay. This is a Straight Talk on Mental Health podcast where it does exactly what it says on the tin. Talk straight about mental health. That's what we're here to do. We're here to tell people's stories. We're here to discuss the lived experiences of people, the impact that their lives or their topic has had on their mental health. That's what we're going to do later on. I didn't go too far for a guest this week. I nipped next door to my neighbor, Mary. Mary has a fascinating story of being gay, being lesbian in the 90s in Ireland, what that experience was like. But not also that, also being a parent. So she was a single mom and gay and the complications that brought having a son as her son got older and hit adolescence and stuff like that so it's a fascinating story mary's a great guest and we hope everyone enjoys that in the meantime my name is alan clark i'm a psychotherapist with a degree in counseling and psychotherapy and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy joining me on the podcast the love of my life the you're talking about yourself aren't you yeah. <laughs> the love of my life Partner in life, partner in podcast, not crime, because we we like. <laughs> you be the worst fucking criminal. Oh yeah, I'm criminal. Well, that made it easy. <laughs> You'd be like all I'm now. You'd be fucking saying I'm a criminal. <laughs> That's Ashling Mailer, Ali Cat Ashling, as we as we christened you last week. In the meantime, as we said last week, well, two weeks ago we caught it at the end, but this is. A small podcast that makes a big difference. We are making a big difference in people's lives. And we're keeping people alive with our discussions of mental health. The first half of the, not the first half, first part of the podcast is where we check in just what's going on in our lives, how we're feeling, how our mental health has been. And that's what we're about to get into now. Before we do that, we got to give a plug on the social media. That's the lovely Ashling's job. She fucking nailed it last week. First time ever. No, you give me 90%. No, no, so no, at the end. So stressed. No, at the end, you got it. Yeah. You got it all at the end. Same. Where can people find us? If people would like to contact us, if people would like to reach out to come on, be a guest, tell their story, hit us up with some feedback, how good to do that, Ashley? Right. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, you can now go on to YouTube and type in Straight Talk and Mental Health um and you can find us by email at www.stmhpodcast.com and you can email us at 
Hello at smhpodcast.com. The username at... Ah, put it up. Put it up. I thought you forgot. I thought you forgot. Fear spite that, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. 100% believe that. (laughs) Everything you do is a fucking spite. (laughs) So that is, if you want to reach us with any feedback, if you want to come on and be a guest, come on and tell your story, we'd love to have you on. We're always trying to reach as many people as we can. So giving a comment, give a share, all of that's going to help because we know and we see it and we get the feedback. Mm. People share, oh, this came up in my timeline. This had a big difference. There's a lot of likes and everything on TikTok and even yeah, views. Yeah. TikTok's changed now where um, you can see who's viewed your, viewed your uh, account. Well, mm. as, long as, as long as it's not hidden. So we've got stalkers. So we show, yeah, I was going to say, so for people that's got TikTok and they're not aware of this, it's a new thing that's come out recently. We see you. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got it hidden. Um, I'm all for the perps. I'm all for people stalking us, checking us out. It's interesting because um, it's, it's a lot. It's a, Is lot, it? a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. No, that's good. Um, so no, it's, it's great to see it now. Yeah. We've got some correspondence to get to. Some of the people that do get in contact with us on the social media, which is, again, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Drop us a comment. Mm. Give us a share. We we'll, YouTube. Yeah, drop a, drop a comment down below, guys. We're them guys now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drop a comment down below. Um, we had some good correspondence. We had a good bit of correspondence this week. Uh, which to get to first? Uh, let's start with an oldie but a goodie. No offense, Andrew. I'm not, I'm not commenting on your age. Andrew's been a listener for a long time. I think he checked us out at one point, worked his way back, mm-hmm. and is, has come along with us the whole way. Andrew, lovely to hear from you again. You had put up, you you gave us some good advice last week. Do you remember what your good advice was? Um, oh, the... You're fucking reading it. You don't remember. Make, make, <laughs> make it feel, make her... No, no, actually, it wasn't that one. Uh, it wasn't that one. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Your other bit of advice that we had a video for. You're fucking... <laughs> Ah, uh, the don't stop flirting. Don't stop flirting. Don't stop what, flirting. Was, what was that in relation to? If you want Nuki at the end of the night, don't stop flirting. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. No, it was it just about keeping your relationship clean. And uh, yeah. the, the, even the one comment a day or something like that, just the, mm-hmm. letting the person feel wanted. Yeah, so last week was, was our check-in episode. And we were talking, we asked the question, could men and women be friends? Mm-hmm. Sean has a comment about that. We'll get into that in a moment as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also kind of, that kind of developed into, I don't know how we got there, but... Uh, just kind of relationship advice. From the previous guests. Yeah, uh, that was it, yeah. yeah. Um, and we put up a comment and uh, or put up a video with you saying, you know, don't stop flirting, don't stop those little things because it's harder to get it back. Mm. And that, which is pure physics. Any any of our science nerds out there, objects in motion stay in motion. Plus, I think the more you say it as well, you can you start believing it you know you'll never mm. do you know what i'm coming from like if you keep saying god this is the most gorgeous woman or the gorgeous man of my life and you you're saying oh yeah you repeat that, that you person. believe it yeah you know, the that's... same way as if you hear lots of negative shit growing up yeah you'll believe it if you hear lots of positive shit you'll believe mm-hmm. it or mm-hmm. when they tell you you know when you're supposed to get yourself confidence up look in the mirror in the morning tell yourself three good things about yourself. Nah, that doesn't work well you know but you're giving yeah. that other person that yeah. confidence tell me give an example of that how i know that doesn't work an example i got from a client Came in a lot of anxiety. A lot of anxiety was related to self-esteem. We'll come back to the comments. I think this is an interesting one. Why positive affirmations don't work or don't always work. Um, we got into it. A lot of it was related to our self-esteem. And a friend had told her, do you know what those three things are? Because I can never remember one of them. I think you can make your own up, but they yeah, have to be yeah, positive. Yeah. yeah. 
So her friend was like, do you know what you need to do? You need to look at yourself in the mirror every day. Like, I mean, this this is Oprah stuff. Like, you need to look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, I love myself, I'm a good person, and I deserve nice things in life, yeah. something like that. And I knew this client, and I knew this wouldn't have worked. And I asked I asked a very leading question. I was like, all right, uh, how would that work out for you? Yeah, it wasn't great. I was like, yeah. all right, well, let's start with the obvious. Do you love yourself? No. Okay, let's work on that. Mm. We can't hold two opposing beliefs. So it's no good you're telling yourself, I love myself. And deep down in the back of your head, you're going, no, you fucking don't. You're a dickhead. You're a fucking ugly bitch. No one wants it. You're this, you're that. It's not going to work. But with that, And that's the problem with, you know, reading a self-help book mm-hmm. or reading an Instagram quote where it says, do these things. It doesn't account for all of the underlying issues. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem that I have with influencers who, you know, they might spout sort of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I don't really give advice on the show is because there's too many variables. Mm. It's all well and good for me to say, look at yourself in the mirror every day, folks. Do this, do that. When there's so much underlying. And actually that that had a negative impact on her because it worked for her friend. Mm. And all it did was reinforce that there was something wrong with her because it worked for her friend and now it doesn't, and now it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But when there isn't such deep underlying stuff, by all means, that's the sort of stuff that'll help. Like, you know, as I said, the clients is like, particularly clients with low self-esteem, moving from really low self-esteem, where it's like, and I said, you're just kicking yourself when you're down now. Mm-hmm. It's too far to go. Can you start to be kind to yourself? Tell yourself you love yourself. That's way too far a gap. So what I'd say is, well, can you at least stop kicking yourself when you're down? Just stop beating the shit out of yourself. You don't have to start loving yourself, mm-hmm. but just for now, if being kind to yourself is too far can you maybe just tolerate yourself mm. for now so that's that's the that's the problem with um why a lot of this stuff doesn't work for a lot of people which and then it just reinforces there's something wrong with them mm-hmm. because it worked for their friend mm-hmm. or oprah says to do it or whatever it may be but they're absolutely right in terms of repetition mm-hmm. you didn't start hating yourself overnight you're probably not going to start loving yourself overnight. You haven't gone eight months in a bad relationship mm-hmm. and had went out for one dinner and everything is back on track. Time, and that's that's neuroplasticity. Our brain rewires, literally rewires, reconnects. Those neural, neural connections in our brain form true experience. Mm-hmm. So our brains can change. So if you're going through some shit or you think, oh, well, this is the way I am, it's not the way you are. You, you can be better. You know, so I think I think that's an important point yeah. uh, to make for people. But by all means, keep doing the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Get that, as I said, physics, objects in motion stay in motion. Mm-hmm. It's easier, it's easier to get something moving and keep it moving yeah. than to stop and go. Oh fuck! Now I got Now I got to try and mm-hmm. try and get this going again. So mm-hmm. stay going. You and you had that great advice last week of mm-hmm. don't stop flirting. Yeah. Definitely. To which to which Andrew had said. Uh, that was some of the best advice I've heard. It really is the small things that count the most. And I really, I always say, I say that to clients, the small things are actually the big things. Those little things like holding a hand, just giving a hug, just a, you look lovely, mm-hmm. slap on the arse, a peck on the cheek, anything. Those, they just, because I'll tell you what you will notice when they're not there, mm-hmm. you fucking know understand how important they are, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
uh, lovely to hear from you again, Andrew, Andrew. I commented on uh, on Instagram. Lovely to hear from you again, Andrew. Uh, and Andrew has always been listening, so that's that's been good to hear. As I said, Andrew's been there a long, long time. Uh, and he said, I've benefited a great deal from listening and still benefiting. Like people, the show is evolving and adapting to its new skin. It needs time to find its way again. And we are finding our way. Oh, yeah. We're finding our groove. And we've been, we had a good conversation earlier. We're going, what do we need to do? You know, we're, we're getting there. We're still quite new. We're setting up YouTube. Yeah. And and can, can we just say again, just to remind yeah. people, you have no radio experience. You have no fucking stage experience. And people, if you only knew what you're actually like, well, you keep telling me I talk so loud and you had to get a microphone just for... Just <laughs> you for don't talk so loud, yeah. Oh, I don't talk so loud. Yeah, yeah, I talk so low. I talk so mm. low, so like, I am quite... No, I'm talkative, mm. but I'm not outgoing. No, no, so. you're very... And you hate being the centre of attention. Oh. You don't, you don't. Like, oh, you know, if you're in a restaurant and you're to come out going, happy bird, bring the cake out, that would be the end of us. If I, I did that to you, say, yeah, yeah, I would... Do you know what? You know, we were joking last week. Oh, you're not getting sex tonight. I definitely would not be getting no. sex that night if I did that. Oh, I'd be mortified. So this, this this podcast is a huge step outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's great. And I'm sure people have seen the evolution of you getting more comfortable with it mm-hmm. and just being yourself. Mm-hmm. But you have, like, you have no experience in it. I was a rapper. I was, a, I was an actor. It doesn't necessarily carry through onto a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a psychotherapist. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. But we're just putting putting content out there for people to enjoy initially um a, a favor i think you hinted a few three times you you asked you were like well if i can help and i was like yeah well <laughs> i said can i help as in one <laughs> it, was, it was like you when you were drunk telling me hi <laughs> yeah i was like well <laughs> so uh thanks very much andrew and thanks thanks everyone for sticking with us and you know, like I said, we, we've we've got our ideas. Uh, you know, YouTube is taking off. That's that's really helping. So, so all these social medias, all their TikTok takes off. Um, so we want to just say a huge thank you to everyone for giving us your time, whether that's listening or or viewing. Do check it out on YouTube. It's good. Like I like YouTube. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I have to say, listening to the Spotify, um, because I think I don't know. It's more engaging. I can see faces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I find like because I would normally, I, I when I edit, I'm editing to cut stuff out, mm. so I don't really get a full until the, the episode goes yeah. out. I don't get an opportunity to just go. Yeah. I'm a listener, yeah. just to enjoy it. But sometimes I go, I'd upload it onto YouTube when it goes live, and I'd watch it then maybe have my breakfast, and uh, and I find myself going, oh, no, sorry, again. I, I enjoy it, like you know, yeah. just to watch it. It's certainly well, it's certainly more engaging. Texting me going, you're a fucking dickhead. You just, what was the last one about me not listening to you? Oh my God. This is what you do. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, so we go on about, and, and for everyone, we'll, we'll mention it later on. Give, send us in your X. Check back last week's episode. Don't, don't talk about X after I've just mentioned me. But that's what I was talking about. I was, tell, I was spending like 10 minutes oh, telling yeah. people, oh, you know, send us in your X. You gave us an example of the X. Again, not fucking listening. <laughs> and then at the end, you're like, oh, you know what we could do? We could get people to comment in. I'm like, I just spent fucking 10 minutes. I wasn't listening. No, I wasn't listening. <laughs> I was daydreaming. You did. Not listening. Did you hear what I said? You went there now or the lot? No. 
So that was, that was last week's one. Um, in relation to last week, uh, Shauna had always commented, Shauna, we love it. We love Shauna on the podcast, don't we? We love everyone, but Shauna's constantly getting in contact. Yeah. So we we love Shauna. And she's an Nordy. Is she? She's an Nordy. Oh, okay. Well, like, get into the fucking correspondence oh, on that one. Far from... No, what? she's Belfast. Oh, I love Belfast. We nip in and see her when, we, when we're, we're up there for there. anniversary. We're there. We're there <laughs> yeah. So we were talking last week of... Well, the... the, the conversation developed out of can men and women be friends mm. we put up the so the day before on a monday we put up a post on social media of this is what's coming up at midnight mm-hmm. um sean had said in my experience yeah being that men and women can be friends my partner has a best friend who's female mm-hmm. they are like joey and phoebe from friends plus she and i are great friends i know they have zero attraction because they call each other siblings i think as long as the romantic relationship is strong and secure anything is possible and I think Shauna, what Shauna did in that comment was she hit on what we hit on as well. Yeah. Once there's no, yeah. once there's no attraction there, mm-hmm. it's grand. Once, there, once, filter, once there's an att- mm-hmm. once there's an attraction, that's mm-hmm. that's when you're into the when but you're you into the gray zone. How you can still see your friend as a brother and mm-hmm. go, do you know what? He's a really good looking lad. He's gonna do somebody proud someday. Yeah, yeah. So you can yeah. still appreciate their their beauty or. So that was one of the correspondence from Shauna. We also had another one. Sean had a comment about the video. Last week was our first one from the new studio. Mm. Unfortunately, fuck me. Do you know what? One of these days we get one of them that's just going to be, that was great. Bang, bang, bang. Everything worked. As we looked at the camera, everything was in frame. As we looked back after it was recorded, the fucking back of my head was cropped out. Mm. So apologies, folks. It didn't look the best. Um, We'll get into Sean's ick next week on that episode. Um... But what Sean had picked up on, again, fucking Nordies. We put up a clip. It was, don't stop flirting. Mm. If you look back on any social media, you'll see that. And bang in the middle is my book, Richard Pryor, Pryor Convictions. Because it did Richard Dirty. The book was upside down. And the bottle Luke said. Knowing that, and Sean comes in, she laughing emoji, the Lucas said, the artwork needs to be updated to include Lucas said. Can I just thank her as well for actually being a nice <laughs> <laughs> so I took the opportunity when we're up here you're going everyone fucking drinks Lucas took the opportunity to try and prove me wrong no I was asked the question <laughs> I asked the question and I asked I asked Shauna Shauna is Lucas said such a naughty thing that Ashley makes it out to it makes it out to be or is it just an addict justifying because mm. you have multiple bottles of Lucas said today she says everyone up there drinks it mm-hmm. Shauna Shauna gave us some anecdata she, she came back Personally, she has at least one a day. You need to up your game, Shauna. Yeah. They're rookie numbers, Shauna. <laughs> I have that for breakfast. Compared to this one. Just that before she gets out of bed. Oh, but she said at least. She says at least oh, one right. a day. Yeah. Uh, I remember getting my tonsils out at 11 and my dad has just pumped me with it because apparently it makes you feel better and heals you quicker. I agree. I feel yeah. wonderful. So I said, and I, as, I, as I replied, is there a different breed? I'd say after a good kneecapping back in the day, back in the troubles days, go down kneecapping, they'd be like, oh, stop fucking crying. Get that Lucas head into you and you'd be grand. I'll get over here and hold that bottle so the petrol doesn't spill. <laughs> Sean replied, holy water in the north is orange now. You, you, now that you say that. I think we have solved the peace process. I think it's Shakespeare. Uh, the Merchant of Venice. It is. Uh, is this... Shylock, maybe I can't remember who said it, but he said, "If you prick us, do we not bleed?" Mm. Quote from Shakespeare: "How you unite the North, Protestant and Catholic, mm. is do you not enjoy the orange fizzy stuff?" 
do you not savour the bubbly goodness? Protestant and Catholics, you're fucking united in your love for Lucas Aid. Lucas Aid is so fucking popular, even the green side drink the orange stuff. Everyone fucking drinks it. This is it, folks. We've solved it. In the shop, yes, right. You were like, look. No, there was two women in front of us. Yeah. And I was like, you see, look in the baskets. Everyone, me, I was holding, the woman in front of me was holding, the woman in front of her was got look as it. Yeah. So. yeah. So thanks very much, Shauna. We'll get to your Rick next week. We uh, have look as, you were surprised to see look as it vending machines. No, you don't have vending machines. You've got like fridges. You go into a you shop and there's a standalone look as it no, fridge. A, and Monica, or Monica, how do you say Where that? is it? M-O-N-G-H-A-N. Yeah, what's it called? I'm spelling it because I can't say it. Um, Monaghan. Or Monaghan. Whatever. I'm saying it phonetically. <laughs> anyway, they've got, a, they've got a vending machine. That's Lucasaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they love the Lucasaid up the north. You can do that for my birthday. What? Vending machine Lucasaid. <laughs> it wouldn't last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Sean. And Thanks to Enda. Enda enjoyed last week's episode. He said, hello, great show. He, he dropped a comment down below on uh, in the t- on the YouTube, mm-hmm. as did your cousin Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Check out Jonathan's uh, very, very hugely popular, oh, so hugely popular yeah. uh, YouTube channel, Hell on Earth. Yeah. Um, he went actually viral. Went viral with the Jimmy Savile. I wasn't actually um, following her on, on TikTok. You didn't, know he was, you didn't even know I he did it. I didn't even know he was on t- TikTok. So I'm scrolling through TikTok as you do, and I'm like, God, he looks familiar. And I was like, that's my cousin. Yeah. But it went, it went absolutely viral. But mm-hmm. his uh, Hell on Earth, if you mm-hmm. look on YouTube, he's, uh, they, are, they are fantastic. They work tirelessly. And, mm-hmm. you know, they go, go around like abandoned buildings and all these old yeah, houses yeah. and stuff in England. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. So that was, that was, Jonathan made the comment in terms of your, like, oh, partner in crime. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're the worst criminal. And John said, He's definitely a criminal. Don't you say that because I babysat Yeah, I believe that. I can believe that. Um, so thanks for the comments on YouTube. Thanks for the comments on Instagram. And thanks for the comments on Facebook. Get us everywhere, folks. Hit us up wherever wherever you are. We love hearing. We love hearing all that stuff. We love engaging a bit of back and forth, having the banter with Shauna oh, yeah, there. That, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. a bit of banter. Love the bands, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hence this fucking podcast, which is me and you. That's last week's episode. That's the correspondence. Smiles and Riles. I'll go for Ryle first. Go for it. Get it over and done with. All right. Um, I got a big Ryle. Have you? Yeah. I've been saving him. Don't look at me like that. No, it's not you. For for once, it's not you. I mean, you could be a small Ryle, but I'm I'm fuck. I'm going big. I'm going big this week. I'm just just be warned. I'm going big. I haven't heard you complain. It's not about you. No, in general, you say. No, I've been saving him. For me too. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, don't, don't disappoint. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm coming in hot. <laughs> Fucking guns blazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I my rail this week, and as you can imagine, there's a busy house here. There's four of us. <sighs> you know what it is. It is actually gotten my um. So my daughter went into the freezer. I got a big American fr- fridge freezer, which I keep side by side one. I keep Family of four. Fully stocked because you I, fucking do. Because I've got children and I'm I'm constantly in, like cooking and stuff like that. And you're cooking all day long, basically. Um, and my daughter went in and she was like, "Why? Why is the bread soft?" And I was like, "It shouldn't be." And I was like, "Well, everything was just I don't even know how long the fridge freezer's been broken for. So obviously it stayed cold enough mm. to you know the fridge and but." 
it's uh, the food had to get thrown. So the whole, you can imagine the, the amount of food that was in the American and, fridge. And, and can I just say, when she does a big shop, you do a fucking big shop. Yeah, like, yeah, it, like that's a lot of money went into the bin. Luckily, that week. Oh, you were just due to top up, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. So I wasn't too bad. Like I, I'm one of these people that I don't like shopping. So what I'll do with that fridge freezer is I'll mm. stock up on loads of different meats and stuff like that. But thankfully, I wasn't too bad. I was, like you said, I was due to yeah, yeah. To, to do it again. Um, it still was a lot of money wasted, like. So not only did you waste money on food, I'm got it because I had a I had my fridge freezer broke, uh, and I was aware of it. I would have given that food away. But because it's been defrosted, I couldn't yeah, give it away yeah, because obviously, yeah. you know, it's, it's meat, it's, it's stuff like that. You can't, re, you know, refreeze. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so then, uh, so now I've ordered a new fridge freezer, thankfully, but it's not actually going to be delivered for two weeks. So at the moment... That's tough fucking going with a busy you, house. You like. came here and you were like, your fridge is broken too. And I was like, oh, yeah, the only thing I mm. have... I thought it was just a freezer. No, no, it's it's both. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm literally having to go to the shop every day and just buy a small milk and buy what I need for dinner that day. Buy, mm. Go out for breakfast, buy a breakfast. Oh no! It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it is a pain in the ass. It's all right it as a treat. Yeah, it's not so. No, it's really, not it's particularly treat. fucking in the morning when the kids have school and all that sort of stuff. Oh, well, it's not too bad because they walk past a nice shop that has all the sausage rolls and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. give them a couple of quid and they go up there and they're like happy days. Yeah. So um, but no, it is a pain in the ass. Um. Two weeks delivery. I am lucky that they're going to take the old. It's eighteen stone. Mm. Like that's that's heavy. It's, and you know, there's no way I could friggin' manage to get it. So you know, I've, I've just two weeks to wait. But mm. what a pain! You don't oh, realize yeah. something's gone until it's gone. Yeah. But did I text you the other day? I was like, I'm raging. It was like twelve o'clock at night, and I was like, um, I don't want anything from the fridge or freezer. But I'm raging because what about I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm annoyed. Like oh, like last night. Because sometimes you don't actually go to the, you don't eat anything from the fridge freezer but it's nice to look into it 10 times before bed <laughs> yeah, I've done that. You know. uh, no but you know what i do yeah. i go in and go still not in there yeah but you know you go back the next yeah. time going i'm lowering my standards yeah but there's still nothing quite yeah oh it's fucking no still yeah. not in there so you check the covers. yeah and then you go down and then you go down and then at the, uh, when it comes down like tinder when, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes down to it then you go you go for them fucking grapes that are almost coming off Oh, yeah, it's like there's nothing else. I've, I've tried. I've, I've just nothing. There's been nothing there. <laughs> I've ruined it now with that. Um, but yeah, so I'm just raging that I can't even open it because I know what's in there. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah. There is no for once. What in your house? There's nothing in the fridge. And I can't. And there's no point even me doing a shop because what? I might as well just yeah. So I'm waiting two weeks and then I can finally do my shop. It's yeah. a big royal. Fucking makes things very hard. Like I said, with a family of four. Like you, like I say, family four, and it's just it's it's, and I've got a wee one too, like mm. a really young one. So you're, it's not like the older two can run out to the shop and get themselves breakfast. You're gonna have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's only big royal. Thank you, big royal. Go on. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a big one. I'm not even like I'm not joking. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. This one. Oh, I know. I think I know. Go on. Let me see. Is your back? No. It's not even me back. My back went during the week. It's not even that. It's not even that. I'm coming in hot. Mm. No. And the client during the week. Someone I hadn't seen in many years. Mm-hmm. Had returned. Lovely to see. I always say to the clients, it's a mixed bag seeing you. Mm. It's lovely to see you again. But obviously, things aren't great if you're if you're coming to see me. Checking in to see, you know, what's what's been going on. Uh, within that time, uh, she had been raped. Mm. 
every time I hear this, and I hear it fucking unfortunately too many times from clients, I feel like apologizing for my fucking gender. I'm like, is this fucking man like? Is this is this what we're about like? Mm. Someone can't fucking work without fucking this shit happening to them like. And look, this fucking goes on, fucking every day like. Mm. So that had me that had me hot like. That, and, uh, and again, like I said, I've I've heard it so many fucking times, mm. and I just feel like saying I'm really fucking sorry. I'm really fucking sorry that fucking men have done this to you like. And I know it's individual men. I know we can't fucking. So that that had me like, whoa, that was warming me up. I'll give a spoiler alert. I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham. Mm. You know my man crush is Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Love meeting Ryan Reynolds. I like his I also, you can, we'll do swapsies. Ryan, Blake, give us a shout. Put them on I the list. I want to give her up. She's very attractive. As is he. And her wardrobe was just. <laughs> as is he. So I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, better known as Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, bought Wrexham Football Club in uh, Wales. Where they actually sound like they're from Wales. Cut it off. No, no. They're doing good. They're doing good. I was watching this. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the latest episode, which will be episode 10. Um, I'll, I'll timestamp if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, skip forward about a minute or so, a minute or two. Deals with football hooliganism. At one of the matches, some shit kicked off. Um, and then it goes into the whole kind of history of hooliganism, football hooliganism and stuff like that. And what it shows then is footage of, so England clamped down, you can get banned, you can get lifetime banned from game and stuff like that if you're associated, which is brilliant. You know, it shouldn't be fucking needed, but it's brilliant. Um, and then it goes, well, what they've done now is they just meet up beforehand. And you get this gang of maybe fucking 40 or 50 lads from either supporting side, mm. just meeting up and kicking the bollocks out of each other. They interview a girl on it. They interview a lad who had been um, arrested. I don't know if he was jailed as part. I don't think he was jailed as part of the football hooliganism. His missus is. Uh, she was going for a detective in the police. There was brought in some program where you don't have to be a PC plod and then go up to a detective there was special training that you could undertake she did all that fucking pass it all comes to the vetting known associates her boyfriend mm. didn't get the fucking job mm. and this fucking male attitude all this toxic masculinity and he's still like still waiting wanting to get back with the lads and all this sort of stuff it's like if you need to fucking do that if you need to go out every fucking weekend, get in a fight, start some fucking aggro, start some hassle, mm. you've got bigger fucking problems. Mm. If you're not happy in your job, if you're not happy in your life, deal with that. Like, mm. Don't be fucking taking it out. We had, who did we have on? We had Colin Patterson on, who was fucking, he was a victim of assault on the night out. Like, mm. It's just, deal with the fucking underlying stuff, man. Like, you're fucking raping women. You're fucking, you're starting rows. You're fucking killing people. Young men syndrome. You know, if you're like mid-twenties, up to early twenties, your fucking likelihood of dying is massively increased due to dumb shit, like. And I think men need to take responsibility and not just go, oh, well, you know, we're all getting together and kicking the bollocks over each other, but everyone knows. If you need to vent that sort of stuff, 
there's something more going on in your life. See, I've seen it as well growing up. Um, and it is, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's just like a pack, you know. And it's all this alpha. Pure mob mentality. Alpha. Oh, yeah. And afterwards, there's no um, remorse. It's all high fives. Fuck, that was all they deserved that. But yeah. Done, fucking again. happened happened in Monastreven recently. A lad was killed. A lot of fucking lads in Monastreven. That's the, like next town down from Kildare. Mm. Five minutes down the road. Fucking all kicked off. A load of fucking lads. They ended up killing your man. Like, I don't know. Like, it's... Had another client, her, her years ago, her son was fucking, was killed mm-hmm. as a result of one of them trying to fucking break up a fight. Mm-hmm. Bang, but that I was think it. even as women, and I told you one of the things that I used to do when I was younger, back in the day of the, the mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you, you're nine, taught, nine. <laughs> you're taught from a very young age, what age would I have been, 17, 18, that there's a possibility that you yeah. can get a tap going home. So I wouldn't get the taxi driver to drop me mm. because you've seen the, mm, the thing. That laneway. And I'd walk home with the 999 and my phone with my finger on the green button. So and so I'm not, so yeah, I'm always yeah, attacked. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have the time to do 999. Yeah. Just press a button. And, so. you know, as so make sure you listen to Mary's interview then later on because, mm. so I'm coming in with that, like, I like yeah. fuck, football hooliganism, fucking tugs, rape. And then Mary, Mary was going to tell us later on in the 90s and fucking lesbians getting gay bashed mm-hmm. by men. So, like, and I'm like, and Mary's telling me this and I'm already going to be royal this week is going to be men. And then Mary, Mary's going to talk about that. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, lads, you just need to be fucking better. Like, this is not normal. Imagine if women ruled the world. Apart from a little bit of cabiness. <laughs> no one be talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> well, you're not going to get this dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not getting our oil. Yeah. <laughs> not with that fucking dress. <laughs> no, could you imagine? How peaceful. I, I believe how peaceful it would be. It's just fucking It's the testosterone yeah, and that, 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 just... that alphaness. And, but it, we just want to show off who's got the bigger dick. And... Yeah. None of you. If you're needing to do that, you don't got the fucking bigger dick, lads. Yeah, but that's what it is. Drop it, like. That's what it is. Yeah. That's me, Royal. Told you it was a big one. Okay. I was saving it. Mm. I feel a little bit better now. Better. I do feel a little bit better. Yeah. Is your back so sore? My back is. It's not as bad. It's not as bad. So that's 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 me. Uh, that's me, Royal. This week we got a smile. Uh, smile. Um, we. That's going to be our small smile. Smile. Mm. Oh, two S's together is hard. <laughs> um, we went out tonight to Grants. We went out uh, last no two weeks ago. Two weeks ago to Grants. Yeah. And you're always like, when you get a good meal, you're going to get another good meal. Mm. Like you're, t- you're chancing it, like, it was lovely tonight. Really, really Service nice. was a bit slow. Service wasn't great. 15 though. minutes waiting for the bill, and we ended up having to go to the counter. Like, do you want to get paid? Yeah, yeah. Um, but... And yet, while we were eating, about fucking five, and I'm coming along, everything all right? Every How's everything? Well, our mouth was full. <laughs> and we're like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I've asked this question, like, when, when you're training to be a waiter or something, do to tell you, now wait until they've got their mouth full and then ask, is everything all right? I said to you, at this point, I think they're playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. never came to us once. And then none of them wanted to get paid? And then none of them wanted to get so, paid. Yeah, so. Uh, that was going to be my smile. Is that going to be your smile? Yeah. Food, I tomato. Know. This is the first time I've worn this dress and it's been in my it's wardrobe lovely. for a long time. I didn't know if you'd like look, it. No, you look lovely. You look lovely. So I'm the one that had to tell you your favourite colour is green. You did, actually. <laughs> I had a tiny, you didn't like crunch. True. Yeah, that helped. That helped. That had a big help in the autism. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. very observant. Yeah. So we think we've got the. I think we've got the same smile there. You enjoyed your night tonight too. No, that food was savage. Yeah. Well, I am starting to believe you. That might be your favorite restaurant. I need to leave it for a while now. 
Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you don't want to don't want the novelty. It's like Viscount and Dungannon haven't been in a while. So next time we go back, oh. ooh, can't wait. Who's your girl? What's her name? Shauna from Belfast. Yeah. Is Viscounts near Belfast? Mm, be about the same distance. Oh, Dungannon and Shauna. Dungannon about the same you distance. And your man from in Belfast. Velvet, yeah. In a velvet suit. <laughs> <laughs> you, need to, you need to get there and tell on you. It's That's good. a little teaser for the X next week. So yeah. So if you haven't already, please do. We're talking X in our in our checking episode. Uh, let us know your X things that turn you off, people. Things mm. that you know, just like you. Oh, I totally <laughs> recommend it. This is a really nice restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So that's our smiles and rails. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay. Mm. Well, I suppose with that being said, I'm going next door. Not take to it. No, Mary. You fucking always You're do here. this. You're here. I'm fucking. Ge- How many times do I have to say this yet? Take, take it away, Colin. And you're like, my name's not Colin. I'm like, this is where I cut in the interview. Oh. Mary, over to you. You're sitting here <laughs> going next door. I was like, where are you going next door? Let me go. We have gone all over the world on the Straight Talking Metalhead podcast. We have gone to America, Canada, South Africa, England, all over the shop. But this week, I went no further than next door. <laughs> I called in all my favorites. Basically, if you want to get on this on this podcast, just know me. That's all. That's all you need to do, and 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 you can get on. There's there's no problems. So I went next door. I went to see my neighbor Mary, one of the best neighbors you can have because we don't fuck around with each other. If you need that, we're there. That's it, and that's that's my kind of neighbor. <laughs> so that that's it. Stay, with that, stay to yourself. Yes, absolutely. With that, allow me to introduce my very good neighbour, Ms. Mary Gibney. Mary, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Alan. How are you? Good, I'm good. It's a long time since I've been in the same time zone as a guest, so this is this is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I pre-recorded as people would see, oh fuck, do you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to change my top so it looked like I did two different recordings. I recorded a, I recorded an interview earlier <laughs> and I've just fucking given myself away or else they're going to go, that lad never fucking changes his clothes because they're going to see the same top in two weeks time. <laughs> so uh, I recorded an interview with someone in the States, no fucking problem at all. We had we had internet difficulties, so we've had to we've had to redo our little and, bit. And we're only next door, like you we're know. We're only next door. Put a fucking shout it in. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in the good old days, yeah. That'll, yeah that'll, get me ladder and hang on. over the fence. <laughs> Mary! <laughs> <laughs> you've been, you've Although, been a good neighbour, Mary. And and for the record, in front of the world, can I just say thanks very much for bringing in the bins and thanks very much for taking in my Amazon packages. <laughs> You're born in you're, you're a legend. You're an absolute <laughs> legend. Many people on the podcast will have will have equipment or something that they're hearing or there's something they've been waiting on, a light or a, a mic or a something or a this or a that. And it's because Mary took in my Amazon package when I was in work or up in Ashtings. So that's we, it, we yeah, owe you a debt. Yeah, B- so baby babysitting it for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks very much, Mary. <laughs> no Mary, we go we go back a bit. We go back a bit. I knew you when I was a kid. We lived in the same estate, I think, when I was probably about Five or yeah. six, if if I remember correctly. Yeah, you would have been a we, we gossip. Yeah, we moved when I was we knew we moved when I was seven, I think. But yeah. to, just to let people know, obviously we we come in with we come in with a particular idea or we come in with a theme. But as as most of our episodes go, it it comes out of the dialogue. I was having Mary have an idea, but we're going to let it. We're going to let the conversation free flow, um, and go from there. We've had many guests that have come on that have been gay. They have been gay males. Um, we've never, 
we've never had the lesbian side and Mary's going to come with it from a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the first L congratulations being go the first to. L Mary <laughs> blazing the, the trail o- o- under the umbrella flag <laughs> or the, the well, rainbow you flag know, well do you know what I am the very first Miss Gay Kildare so it's kind of fitting that I'm your first lesbian guest too fucking there you go Bla- look trailblazer again there you go Boom. Yeah, <laughs> Every, everyone, everyone remember that she was there. And actually, we're going to get into we're going to get into that. But there's also another aspect that we're going to get into quite later on, which is going to be quite interesting. Of you know, I don't think people will uh, will have heard. But before we get into all of that, let's go back to when I was five or six and you were <laughs> a little bit older than me, Mary. I'm not sure. No, I'm not, we're not, not going to. Not, not much. <laughs> not much. We don't, you never, not, never ask a lady your age. Let's not push that now. Let's not push never that Never ask now. a lady your age. I'm, fu- I'm fucking old enough to know that. So I, where, I'm wise where, enough where's there. Where's the lady? <laughs> <laughs> on, on that note, Mary, as, as I remember you from a young boy, I remember you being quite the tomboy. That's that's yes. something I do remember from when I was a kid. Yeah. Has that been um, has that been your life? What was what was life like at that point? What was going on? Well, I wasn't always bald. Um, All right. <laughs> back in the day when you would have known me, my hair mm. was down almost past my knees. Wow. Um, and slowly but surely, it was actually really funny because I w- was collared to do a flower girl for somebody's wedding. Can't even recall who it was, and ironically the individual who cut my hair for the wedding turned out to be trans wow so at the time i was sitting in the chair being all mischievous was watching the scissors coming watching them watching the scissors and then knew they weren't paying attention then just suddenly went so the scissors came right up i got a lovely nice bob so you know People today, like back then, if you'd had my hair, they would be making wigs for, mm. you know, my, my nephew Jack recently done there for mm. the Laurel Inn. Yeah. So they would have got two or three wigs out of the what was cut off my head that day. Wow. <laughs> Sean, the sheep out the car, I wouldn't have been imagined. <laughs> <laughs> Even back then, so, really, yeah. you, you wanted the, the, the boyish look uh, from the oh, start. Yeah. 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 Right from the get-go. Like, I mean, when, when we were kids in my house, I have two younger brothers, so I was the oldest. So I, you know, at Christmas time, trees would be, the tree would have the presents under it. As soon as I'd see action man or tanks or cars, I'd beat the shit out of them, take the toys off them, be gone. And they'd be left with dolls and whatever other shite was left under the tree for me. And mm. I'd be laughing, going off out the door with action man under one arm and a tank or whatever. Um, but you know I had to be a trailblazer I was the oldest that had to learn from me you know and who else were going to get a uh, and who else were going to get a better pounding off you know (laughs) other than their big sister (laughs) Bernard if you're looking for therapy pop on down (laughs) we'll we'll undo the years of fucking trauma that Mary has inflicted on you (laughs) I'm sure Patrick will jump on that bag and I do too But uh, yeah, no, it was always, always there. And like I said, being the older sister, I was always looking after those two. Mm. So needless to say, came the double fists. Many a fist fight I got into down in Ronville, (laughs) (laughs) which escalated on into school, you know, looking after the lads and whatever. So it never really left. Um, You know, and then started hitting puberty, heading into secondary school. And then it was like, whoa, what the hell's going on here? Now, even though I went to the girls' school, I was surrounded by girls from, mm. you know, babies all the way up to sixth class. So at this time, it the primary schools were, were same sex. The girls went yeah. to the girls' school, the boys, I went to the boys' school, yeah. Yeah, 
And um, when it came to going into secondary school, as you know, the academy was for the boys, convent was for the girls, and then we had the vocational school. All boys school. (laughs) Where all the good logical people went to. (laughs) (laughs) And I I had words at home, and they were adamant they wanted me to go to convent. I was like, yeah, I'm going to miss every damn day. You'll have good luck with finding me. Mm. So eventually they conceded and let me go into the tech. Um, like, I mean, I wanted to do engineering and woodwork and I didn't want this crap of home economics and, you know, this white pick offense bullshit. Mm. I didn't fit that stereotype. It didn't sit well with me. So I wanted to be stuck in with the lads and making things, you know, that were more well, I, I was the one that went to Newbridge Tech and I was the one that did home ec. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of where it went. And then, you know, first year in, everyone's trying to navigate and find their way in first Mm. year. Second year hit then, it was kind of like, whoa, started, you know, getting a little bit closer to some of my female classmates. And we kind of laugh about it now because um, one in particular used to sit beside all the time in the class. Because back then money was really tight. So we used to share books in my house because myself and Patrick were in the same class. Mm. That was due to, um, I was very sick one year back in primary school. So I had to stay back. So that's how Patrick caught up on me. And we ended up in the same class, which did not go down very well. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I can empathize with twins. I really can. But um, yeah, so as a result, I started sharing school books. So then that led to a crush with her. Uh, because we were just constantly in school, out of school. We were all the time in each other's companies. Mm. But yeah, we laugh about it now. But back then it was so confusing and frustrating because we didn't have belong to, we didn't have the internet. You didn't have friends that you could confide in and say, I kind of have a crush against this one. You know, I don't know how I feel about it. Mm. You couldn't do any of that back then. Now, I mean, I was a tough nut growing up. You know, tomboy to the core. I never used to fist fight girls. It was always lads, always lads. So, you know, I was able to hold my own. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to that, you, if you were ganged up on, you were screwed. Essentially, you were screwed. Plus, as you know, in Kildare Town, it's a very small town. Everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like the Waltons, you know. Um, You don't know who's related to who. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Lead stall sorts of hillbilly regnet stuff and... We won't go down there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so I didn't have anyone I could confide in and talk to. So then I went down at, the whole road. At this road point, of, Mary, are you are you knowing you're gay? You know, when when did you first become aware? I knew of I that? was different you when were different. I was in okay. in second year. So that would have been what about fourteen, heading into fifteen. Mm. Um, I knew I wasn't like everybody else. I wasn't trying to chase down the lads. I had no, in- I wasn't sitting on the copy doing the love hearts and the letters and all this shit. I wasn't doing any of that kind of stuff. In the meantime, I was crushing on my bestie in my class at the time. And um, some days were more difficult than others, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you had to try and step back and go, why the hell have I got these feelings for this person when I shouldn't? I should be fancying him across mm. the table kind of thing. So there was a lot, there was a lot of confliction going on in my head. It was like, there's something really not right about me. So as I said, because I didn't have somebody to confide in, 
I didn't know how to broach the subject with anybody. Um, so yeah, for the first couple of years in secondary, it was really, really frustrating. So I conformed with society and I used to go on dates, but like I would never engage with guys. I'd have the chats with them all right, but when they tried to move in for a kiss or whatever, like, no, it's time to go home now. My father will be out the door waiting. <laughs> yeah, mm. you've met him, haven't you? <laughs> and they're kind of looking going, oh, geez, yeah. Now, on reflection, when I started getting older, I did feel really sorry, really bad for these guys because it wasn't anything they had done. Mm. And it wasn't anything I had done. It's just, it was a whole different time. I couldn't turn around and go, listen, I, I'm into women. Because back then I would have been like, what? Mm. And you would have been carted off, you know? <clears throat> so for perception purposes, I'd be seen out around town with one or two guys and that'd be it. But they never got anywhere. And like I said, I used to feel bad about it. Mm. Never met a laugh or disparaged anybody. But yeah, at the same yeah. time, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Mm. So then as I left school and started playing soccer and started going into the workforce, Things started to, to, to transition in a different direction then. Um, I started to meet people and they were throwing off similar traits to me, but at the same time, you couldn't turn around and go, mm, something a bit different about you. Would you like mm. to tell me about that? You couldn't do that. So you were trying to pluck things and see what you could, hmm, that sounds a little bit familiar and try and match it together. So that's what you were trying to do. And eventually then... Um, a girl I was working with confided in her in a drunken stupor one night and she goes okay this is actually quite interesting because I have a family member who's transitioning right now and I was like transitioning what's transitioning so she explained they were going from male to female I was like going so what's that entail and she was like well you know cut the bits off and add the bits in I was like going so they happened to come home for a family event and um, again in another drunken stupor we had this conversation and um, I got the, the whole comforting hand on the arm I was like no darling you're not trans you're a lesbian I was like the fuck is a lesbian <laughs> um, you know because we didn't have Google so I couldn't sit there yeah, kind of going, yeah, yeah. you know so again this was a whole like um even though there was times where during the conversation was kind of like, hmm, no, maybe. And then they'd go back to it. No, you're definitely a lesbian. <laughs> so I was like, going, okay, fair enough. At least it was somebody I could finally open up to and have a conversation with. Because all of those years I thought I was fucking nuts and I could mm. not understand why I was attracted to girls and not to boys. Um, so th th this went on. Um, so eventually, then at, at this point, Mary, we're talking about the, the the nineties. Then this is, I mean, there's yeah, this said, would there's, be there's the no LGBTQ, 19... there's no rainbow flags, there's no, you know, there was no, there was one guy we we thought might have been gay in school. That that yeah. was it, like you know, there, yeah, there was exactly. no there was no community, there was no yeah. like oh there's there's a kindred spirit. Oh, uh, I know I know who you are. You know who I am, and and I think there's that lad in that year who might be. There was none of that. Yeah, but it, it, you see, the thing was, there wasn't an open Dublin, but down mm. in the sticks where we are, there was mm. none of it. Mm. So anybody who had any idea on whether they thought they were gay or not knew about Dublin, knew about the George, and knew there was other places they could go. Very, very few, mind you. 
but at the same time they knew they existed but the likes of me coming up didn't because again there was no internet there was no belong mm. to there was no there was no community whatsoever um so little by little you were getting little bits here and there so then i joined the lady soccer team um i just jumped from teen into adult soccer and that's where connections started falling into place i started ooh you're a bit like me so then you know the end of the match and you'd be in the pub sculling a few points and you'd drop one or two things in there the old fishing line was out and you mm. were kind of going hmm mm. and you were trying to draw out conversation that way rather than going are you a lesbian do you know what lesbian is because mm. you could again you couldn't do that because you could have gotten beaten up in the pub for it especially yeah. in Calair because there's not a oh. even back then like Dublin still small wasn't town, so small town small minds <laughs> A hundred percent. And it's still there. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Even Dublin, it's still, gay bashing is still happening to this very day. Mm. The only good thing that's come out of the referendum is you, you kind of now know who your allies are in a lot of respects. Whereas before you didn't really, people would be kind of like, ah, yeah, well, you know, just let them be. Whereas people mm-hmm. became more vocal, which is what everyone needed. Like, I do empathize with teenagers who are going through it because um, I went from that whole confusion phase of not knowing what was going on, thinking that I was seriously fucked up and, you know, I was born in the wrong body to thinking I should have been a guy to suddenly finding out I was sh- I'm a lesbian, <clears throat> but still didn't actually have somewhere to turn to. Mm. Um, so then I met James's father, James, my son. And um, my life's ambition was to travel the world, the usual kind of stuff, get out there, see everything. Kids was the last thing on my agenda because in here, I didn't know where I was. So I didn't want kids. It was never my plan. My plan was to get out, make my mark in the world and, you know, live life to the fullest. And then James came along. Nice big surprise. Hmm. Um. Don't get me wrong, I would never, ever change that child for the world. Not in a million years. And I'd mm. never take back everything that we've gone through. But for me, that was a different door. Again, it was conforming with, with society. I didn't like being in the relationship. I didn't enjoy being in the relationship or the aspects of the relationship, the male-female aspects. I, I wanted out. I wanted out and... I couldn't find a way out. But at, then, at the time, Mary, all of this is knowing I'm different. I, I found yeah, out what 100%. lesbian is. This is what I likely yeah. am. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to go along. I'm going to conform. I'm, you know, I'm going to try and fit in as as yeah. best I can here. Yeah. And unfortunately, what, was, what was that I mean, like, Mary? I mean, that's, you know, that to deny so such a hard. large aspect of you. Yeah. yeah. It was so fucking hard. Like, I mean, I've, you know, obviously since then, I've had a lot of conversations with people around my own age, which would fit in the same demographic of having to conform, who got married, who'd mm. done that journey, got mortgage, settled down, picket fence, kids, the works, and then came along 20 odd years later and kind of like going, I'm actually gay, you know, um, because our, our, all the people who came before us, they tread the ground for us, but we were still in the dark. Mm. We were the next generation come along who started pushing through and was kind of like, no, 
you're not going to keep me in a box, in a corner, in a press and deny who I am. And that for me was a huge struggle because even though I was in this relationship with him, <clears throat> I didn't want to be there at all. And I was miserable, absolutely miserable. Like my uptime and my happy time was playing football or going out and doing bits and pieces with friends, but not in the relationship. So when that came to its demise, I said, that's it, I'm done. Because now I had the girls from the soccer team who I was able to converse with and start finding out a lot more and start to explore more in maybe I am like this and was able to open them up and get real feelings and real answers and honesty from other people who were trapped as well in similar situations. So yeah, it was a, like a serious, serious head fuck for, for years. And then years. when that happened, yeah, for years, like, I mean, wow. you're talking, I'd say I was maybe six, seven, when I knew there was something different about me right through until I had James. So I was like 21. So he was what, I was 23, 24, when I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And that was down to um, not such nice, nice journey of a demise. And uh, that's a whole other story. Well, I think um, I think quite telling in, in saying demise, Mary. <laughs> yeah. Um, it took me a long time to recover and regain my confidence and self-esteem from what happened. But after that, I said, no, nobody's nobody's keeping me down anymore. I'm not lying to myself anymore. I'm not lying about who I am or what I am. And that's what I did. Picked myself, dusted myself off, eventually regained my confidence and got out there, started meeting people and started having conversations and linking in with people who were the same, who were normal like me. Mm. And you notice I'm using normal. Quotation marks for our listeners, not our viewers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, quotation marks around normal. For my philosophy is, what is normal? Mm. There is no normality, and anyone who thinks they're normal are deluded because it's some part of your brain. <laughs> you have that little voice in there, a little mouse ticking away. Whether it's in the bedroom or whether it's in your work environment, whatever the case may be, nobody is normal. Mm. But when you've been forced to live a life, and suddenly that door has been opened. You're like, unless you live it, you've no understanding of the freedom that you suddenly feel. You can actually breathe. Mm. And I know people kind of, how does that make sense? The easiest way to put it is like you're a prisoner trapped and you're finally getting your ticket out of prison. And the very first steps you take outside that prison and you inhale that first breath, of your freedom, that's exactly what it's like. The exhilaration, it's like, I can finally live, I can finally be me. Mm. So then obviously that led to, I have a kid. How is this gonna impact on him? So lucky enough, he was four when I kind of found, started finding my way in life. Um, at this at this point, so as, he's, as, as you find your way, Mary, is this you? Are you coming out, or is this is this something that's had, or is everyone just assuming that you're 
that you're gay? No, no. Or? At this point, I had started to meet people. So um, I had gone through the conversations. So then I met one or two girls, women, um, a couple of interactions with them. And it was like, yes, hallelujah, this is me. This is actually me. So I had the epiphany and it was like, great. So then I met a, met my first partner. Um, funny enough in Kildare. <laughs> you know, small town. But she wasn't from Kildare. Um, and the secrecy of... It was... You were being pushed back in again. And I was like, oh, I can't live like this. Mm. I need to get out of this town. But then I realised, I started going to Dublin and realised, well, actually, it's the same up here. Because you had a few different venues. Like you had the George, which was synonymous to everybody. But then you had out on the Liffey. Um, no, not in on the Liffey. So let's not confuse that. <laughs> in on the Liffey <laughs> is the sauna house. Out on the Liffey was a pub. I think it's Fibbers now or something. Okay. They're on the Keys. Um, but that was a great spot. And back in the day... Uh, Griffin College on a Friday night was women only night in the old NCO's mess mm. and it was amazing because you walked in the door and it was just like walking into Squires or the Go Bonsair everybody knew you we had a pool table jukebox DJ all female there was no males in there at all. and it wasn't anything against men mm. it was so that women could actually feel comfortable and not have to look look at the lads going <laughs> you know what I mean and like back then if if the phones had been around 100% a lot of a lot of us would have ended up on YouTube and social media look at these in the corner the lads thinking they were you know on Pornhub or something mm. and that was part of the reason why it was primarily just women and it was fantastic the bar staff the DJ the, the security on the door everything it was just all women and it was some of the yokels started putting in complaints and that's what got it taken out of there. So that transitioned then over into Malloy is just off Christchurch. But it went once a month. Now this was every Friday we could go and let our hair down, be who we actually were mm. and enjoy our freedom. And nobody was any the wiser. And the amount of people I used to meet from Kildare up there was unreal. <laughs> you know, you'd walk Was there the a secrecy in that? Really. Was there a, oh, fuck, I've been seen? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the minute you walk in the door, like, everyone knew me because of football and stuff like that I was involved in. Um, but a lot of people that were coming up there, the minute they come in the door and see me, they'd be like, oh, no. And they'd be trying to, uh, deer in the headlights, and they'd be trying to get out the door, and you'd be like, calm down you're here mm. for the same reason I am mm -hmm. think about it but like I mean you could see them you know the cartoon and the heart to be you could almost see their heart coming out yeah, through their chest yeah. because somebody they knew now knew that they were too um, so yeah there was there was quite a lot of that still going on and that was still in the early 90s you're, you're talking about up to 94 95 that was still you know a big no no mm. Um. No, sorry, 96. Um, so then we, we moved across into Malloy's and that went to a monthly thing. So then we were kind of bounced all around Dublin and stuff. But every venue, you'd meet somebody new from down home and it was always the same reaction from them, not from you, because mm. at this stage you were the life and soul at a party and <laughs> everyone knew you and, you know, 
It was like, yay! <laughs> when any time someone walked in and any anyone who wasn't familiar with that, they'd be kind of like going, oh my God. And you'd, you'd see them almost kind of going, trying to get out. And you'd, you'd walk up to them and go, relax, calm down. Because you knew how it felt. You knew exactly how they were feeling the first time of somebody who knew you where you shouldn't be. Mm. Because it was still regarded as being dirty and a secret and it should be kept in the dark. And down with that sort of thing on Craggy Island. You know, um, and my heart used to go out to the younger ones because while we had strived and started making steps and progression, we were heading to the noughties at this stage. They were coming up along, but they didn't realise, wait, now these guys have done this for us. Mm. So there's not much of a stigma there. But even back then, like a few venues, and now I'm not going to name them in case people know where they are. Um, but there used to be a lot of attacks happening because some of the girls would come out and they'd be holding hands or whatever. You know yourself, you'd come out with snaffles, you'd be falling out with snaffles around some young yeah, one. Like yeah. The same thing for us. You'd be coming out the door and you might after hooking up with somebody. And the you next mean thing, you're like a normal boom. human, Mary? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Like the next thing you were getting, boom. Fucking hell. And I go from there. And, and are these men. attacks by it women? never women. It was men no, attacking? it was men. Fuck's yes. sake. Always men. Um... And one venue in particular, they had, uh, you know, the underground clubs, they have um, like the R&B music and the rap mm. music. And <clears throat> there was one venue in particular and they had uh, like a basement section, say. And it was always held on the same night that the, the gay night was held on. And we asked for it to be changed. And what we started observing was they were waiting for the girls, the younger girls to come down the stairs. And the next thing they were leading them down into the basement. And we had already heard there had been a number of rapes within the vicinity. So it transpired it was, that's where it was coming from. There were the guys in this club. And they were, because they were looking out to see who was a bit worse for wear, taking down all the music, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. And there was horrendous stories. Like, I mean, really horrendous stories. Young ones stopped coming out locked themselves away, mental health seriously fucked up as well as their internal mm, being fucked up, mm. you know, um, because it wasn't one, it was gang rapes. So, you know, it's, it's shit like that where a lot of people don't come back from. And don't get me wrong because I know a lot of gay men who've been gang raped too, mm. you know, and that, it's not as severe as it was, but it still happens. Because men in their Neanderthal subconscious are like, oh, I'll, I'll change them. I'll convert them when it comes to the female aspect. But for the male aspect, I, I, I can't shed light on that, unfortunately. I can only shed light on the female side of things. Their idea is conversion. And thank Christ we don't have conversion camps in this country. Mm. They still do in America. Mm. They're very, very active still. They're illegal now, I think, in Ireland, aren't they? Yeah, well, they are in part in certain states in America, but mm. they still happen and they still mm. go on. Um, so this is Canada, kind of well, I suppose in the, in the in the Christian one, it's pray away the gay, and then it's you go off and do this course, and you're not going to be gay anymore, and yeah, you know, it's fucking um, horrendous, horrendous like, stuff to put people through. There's a chap, Sebastian, I think is his name, um, and he was the one who actually brought light to all of this because they weren't allowed to bring their phones, they weren't allowed outside communications whatsoever. 
I had to be there for like X amount of months, all this kind of stuff, pure brainwashing. You could almost, you know, put it in as a cult. Mm. Mm. And, and that's a pretty strong word. But that's what they were doing. They were trying to brainwash these people. And he's the one who brought this to the forefront and shed light. He took it to the human rights course, courts and won. Mm-hmm. And he still does a lot of work in, in the field, still trying to get these conversion camps, camps closed down. And, you know, they, they've, they've fought some battles in America, but unfortunately not all of them. And it's the only thing I can say about here is at least we don't have them. Because I think for, for people like myself who have, you know, grown up in that fear, being kept in a box, having to conform to finally getting freedom for these idiots to come along and try and put you back there mentally. It's like, no. And I know I wouldn't be on my own if that scenario did happen because people would rise up and they wouldn't survive here. Mm, mm. 100% they wouldn't survive here because there's a, there's enough allies now. I think so, yeah. I was going to say that. You know, trying to break that barrier and that stigma down will never, ever go away. Mm. You know, it's, not, it's never going the same as racism. None of it's going to go away because... No. The younger generation that's being brought up in those households are continuously going on. And that's all, it's always going to be there, no matter what you try and do. And you know yourself because you live next door to me. I proudly display my pride flag in my back garden and have done for years. Mm-hmm. Normally for the month of pride, it's in the front garden, but, you know, I've issues with that tree. So it's <laughs> now in the back garden. <clears throat> People have threatened to burn it down. People have threatened to come into my garden and take it down. I said, go ahead, because you'll be met with my baseball bat. I said, it's my freedom to fly that. Mm-hmm. I've earned my stripes. And it's the same with, with being a parent. When James was small, he started off. Um, it was just me and him. And then I got into a relationship. Now, it's something I've never done and none of my friends have done. Um, you know, being all kissy and huggy huggy around the kids and that kind mm. of thing. You keep that for your own time, not for the kids when they're around and stuff. Yes, by all means, show that you're happy in your relationship and, you know, that side of it's okay, but not mauling each other and all that in front mm. of the kids. So I never did that when he was growing up, but he was fully aware I was gay. Mammy's different. Mammy likes girls. Was there a conversation um, had, Mary, or was it just something that was Yeah, when normal. you started approaching um I think maybe fourth, fifth class, he started getting a bit of flack in school. It was kind of like, oh, your father's never around and your father this, that and the other. So I sat him down one day and I said, well, I said, you don't have a father, but I'm mammy and daddy. I said, that will never so change. So you're a single mom at this point. You're, you're yeah. gay, single mother. Um, yeah. And I said to him, no matter what happens in your life, I am mammy and daddy. I will teach you to shave. I'll teach you whatever you need to know. I will teach you. I had no qualms about stepping up and showing my son what he needed to learn in life, that he didn't necessarily need that male figure. But don't get me wrong, my father, he stepped up and he became like a dad to him. Mm. And both my brothers did too. So he did have male influences in his life. It wasn't a case that he was shut out and he was just dealing with this batshit crazy lesbian all the time, you know. He did have that male influence going on. Um, but it did hurt for him coming home and kind of, well, where's my daddy and why isn't my daddy? So 
after a while I said, right, I'm going to explain all of this as best as I can for his age. Because James also has Asperger's. And we only found this out when he hit secondary school. Mm. So all through primary school, I was dealing with his meltdowns and not knowing. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this child? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So we were hitting two different frustration levels. There was the good James and then the, I'm doing my own thing and fuck you. And then he'd go off on more and then it was trying to pull him back from that. So it was trying, it was hard to try and navigate explaining why his father wasn't around, why his mother was the way he was, trying to help him deal and cope with the taunts he was getting in school. They got quite bad at one point, so I went into the school. So when I highlighted a couple of the the other kids who were tormenting them, what their parents were actually like and what their parents were actually up to, they kind of stopped for a while. <laughs> you know, when they realised that their mammies and daddies weren't as these angels they thought they were. Um, so they did leave James alone for a while, but then other issues developed and different aspect bullying started then as well. So again, Mama Bear went in and eventually got it neutralised. When he was in sixth class, it took six years to do that. Um, so heading into secondary school then, before he went in, I gave him the birds and the bees talk because I said there's no point in him learning it from school because he's only going to get snippets of information and he's going to laden me with questions and then it'll be like do I tell him don't I tell him because I had the Asperger's to think of too so it was like how am I going to navigate around this so I was full-on blunt with him sat him down and basically told him you know you're going to have to start buying people to have sex with them because there's that many diseases nowadays you know I traumatized him pretty much man he's 28 and I'm still not a grandmother so that says a lot (laughs) so James you can have free therapy around the sexual issues (laughs) Bernard you can have free fucking therapy around the bullying (laughs) but yeah like I couldn't have been more open with him if I tried and I did introduce him to obviously to my friends and stuff, so both male and female um from the community. While he was comfortable dealing with lesbians, he wasn't so comfortable dealing with gay men unless he knew them. Mm. So that opened up a whole different avenue for me then. It was kinda of like I'm very well known in the community. I now have a child <laughs> who's anti gay men. I'm like how you know how do how how am I going to get around this? So was I got it just a few kind of friends together. Not having had a dad there, Mary, that he's just a little bit wary of men in general, being the only man that he knew, perhaps being your dad or your brothers, and just an unfamiliarity with with men in general. Or no, I think it was more like your normal stereo normal again, mm. the stereotypical um, Neanderthal m- m- man. Uh, no, I I couldn't kiss a man. No, 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 mm, that's wrong, mm, that's wrong. Mm. Well, there's two women kissing. Oh, yeah, that's great, that's great. No, there's two men. No, no, that's wrong, no. There's the two of you going, oh, yeah, I couldn't kiss a man. Yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. kiss a man. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a bit like that. It was like going, no. They're fucking rotten, aren't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking head beards. Yeah, me too. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a bit like that, and I was like, 
so I introduced him to a few very good friends of mine and I said, you know, I want you just to have conversations with them. Now, obviously, I was in the room with him and whatever. So they openly said to him, you know, ask us whatever you want to ask us. And in fairness to the guys, they did they answered everything he threw at them. And I was I was kind of sitting back going, hmm, fair play to us. Because, you know, a lot of people would have ducked and ran. Mm. They would have avoided it. Especially just coming from a, a, a teenager who was just entering puberty himself <laughs> with his own issues. Um. So then I kind of started introducing him more and more to different aspects of the community. So he got a better grounding than a lot of people do because a lot of people will, will shy him away or they get the complete opposite and they're flung into it. Yeah, yeah. So they're actually creating a homophobe, you know, because it's overload and it's mm. kind of like, no, you know, it's, it's almost like people being scared of clowns. It's kind of like, no, 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 get me away from here. Mm. And that's actually where some of it has come from is because it was so in their face. They were, but they're dealing with their own insecurities themselves. You know, and I've actually found that where people who you find shout the loudest are usually the ones who have something to hide. And they're the ones you meet at the next pride. Mm. (laughs) You know, they, they eventually find their own way and find their own epiphanies. But it takes years of, they were probably somebody who battered some poor bastard up on Thomas Street, you know. And unfortunately, that is the case yeah. with some of them. Yeah. Um, but it was that side of it I was trying to keep from James because I didn't want him to think that every time I went to Dublin, potentially I was going to get beaten up or I may not come home because I would have gotten such a bad hiding. I may not have come home. So that side of it, I did keep from him and protected him from that element of it. But in regards to everything else, it was like, no, come up with me. All my friends, they were in love with him, you know, long lashes and you know how girls fall for that, <laughs> the big blue eyes and the long lashes. And all. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was trying to navigate that and trying to understand what he might be feeling or thinking about things, because obviously you would know from your your occupation. Um, dealing with people with Asperger's, they're on the lower end of the autism scale, mm. but they they have their own quirks and issues themselves. So try so trying to deal with that and explain things in a way that he wasn't going to freak out whenever I leave the house, thinking that I wasn't coming back or who was going to come through the door. So I never introduced him. I might meet people. I would never introduce James to somebody unless I'd been with them for a while. A minimum six months, minimum, mm. um, because it was to protect him. It wasn't to hide who I was. It was to protect him, because two relationships he got quite vocal about. Now, you know James; he's very shy. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's about the height of the conversation. Mm. Until you actually know him, and then he'll converse with you. But it, when he doesn't really know you and he's not comfortable in his surrounds, it's just flat out, yeah, no, and that's it, he's gone. Um, but he, and he, he took me by surprise the very first time he came to me. He was like, Ma, I really don't like her. I don't want you to be with her. So I was kind of like, whoa. Mm. From the mouth of babes. So I was like, so I kind of sat back and started evaluating it myself and I could start seeing what he was seeing. I was like, yeah, you're right, son. And that was that. Walk the line. Good luck. 
and I said it to him afterwards. I actually gave him a big hug and I said, Do you know what? I'm so proud of you for recognizing something that I couldn't see. And he goes, Or you didn't want to see. <laughs> I was like, That's a pretty mature response yeah. coming from a 15 year old, you know? <laughs> so um, I was like, Yeah, I'm really proud of you, son. You're actually paying more attention than I thought you were. Mm. So then he started navigating his own journey then through teenage years and stuff. And he was trying to make connections. But he couldn't, he felt like he couldn't fit. So he only had a small little group, as you know, they normally do, of only a small circle of friends. So for him, it was very hard trying to find a love interest. Because anyone he was interested in, his friends were, you know, all the way out there, full on lads, lads, they were getting in there ahead of him. Whereas James was real shy and stead back. And I was like, but James, you're not going to progress in life if you don't express yourself. Mm. I said, think of where we'd be now if I hadn't taken that step in life. I said, and trust me, son, I said, it was a lot scarier than your step in, in trying to find my way in the world. And for living a lie for the first 20 odd years of my life, because I had to. I said, you just need to find your inner courage. I didn't shy away. And unfortunately, a lot of parents do. Mm. It doesn't matter whether they're gay or straight. A lot of parents do they do shy away because they're kind of like going, oh, how am I supposed to answer this? Be honest. Be truthful. Mm. Don't sugarcoat. Because the kid's going to look it up on the fucking internet anyway. <laughs> And get all the wrong answers. Yeah. So they're better off hearing it straight from the horse's mouth. Mm. I have a lot of families from this town, especially, coming to me. Their kids are either trans or they're fitting in some part of the rainbow. And they're reaching out, trying to find the information. And obviously I'm navigating them on to belong to and whoever else they need to link into. But there's an awful lot in that school up that road. And actually, in our own environment, that are trans and don't even know they're trans yet. But other people have picked up on it. And you're kind of like, and that's what I was saying to you earlier on about trying to open up. There is, I know there is the hive uptown um, for, the, for the younger kids. But it needs to be expanded on. And that's where the older community like myself can come into play mm. and give the advice and give the help but unfortunately, because the gay bashings and the murders of recent times, as you're aware, um, people have gone, started going back in behind doors again. And it's baffling to think those two men in Sligo, when they were murdered, I know there was a third man and he, he did pass away afterwards. But the outrage that was felt, and I called, I held a vigil up the town. I brought my pride flags up. I I actually had pride candles. I had the square, you know, done up. Mm. Joanne Pender came up. She was there in solidarity with me. She had pride flags up as well. She brought up little flags and other bits and pieces as well. And we were on that square. And people came in drips and drabs. Now, I know there's at least 50 minimum in this town who are like me. And quite a lot of those faces I didn't see. And I was quite disappointed by that. The fact that I grew up in this town. I went through the bullshit in this town. 
Some of them are blow-ins, mm. don't get me wrong, but the ones who grew up in this town and went through similar bullshit, and some of them even worse bullshit, couldn't come up to town to show the solidarity for the LGBT community when it was needed the most. And that's what needs to happen in all towns. It doesn't matter whether it's in Ireland, whatever country you're listening or watching this on, it needs to happen everywhere. The same as the racism bracket needs to happen too. People need to start breaking down them barriers and until that happens, they're going to continue with the murders. Not long after the two guys in Sligo, uh, there was two more in England under similar circumstance. But what a lot of people don't know and don't realise is in Russia, that's what they were doing in Russia. They were luring people in on the dating sites and uh, I've seen some really horrendous videos. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to even repeat them on this. They were that bad. Um, some of these people died and you actually were viewing these people dying. Horrific deaths these people got. And that's what I'm saying. I'm fearful for the anger that's now there is almost as bad as it was back in the 50s. So it's almost like we've come full circle. Even though we've had the referendum and we have the, the legal stuff all in place, on the streets and in the homes and on the, 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 the social media, it's come full circle. Because people think they have the right to take somebody else's life just because they're gay. And that's part of what I tried to instill in James is just because people have their opinions and their views doesn't mean you have to follow. Mm. I said, it comes down to the age old story of if they want to jump off a bridge, do you want to? I said, you need to find your own way in life and navigate your own way in life. And I'm happy to say he has widened his spectrum. He's friends with trans, with lesbians, with gay people, every, you know, uh, lots of different people across the, 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 the flag community. And I'm so proud of him for doing that because it took a lot for him to get him to that point. And especially having a gay mother, it's kind of like, there were some days I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he's mine. <laughs> you know, because the frustration was there. It was, yeah, he accepts me, but doesn't accept others. So it took a lot for me to try and work my way around that to work him around that and I think that's when he started reaching out then to other people um, in his gaming world and stuff like that and started making connections then with different aspects of the LGBT community which I thought was pretty cool mm. and I'm really proud of him now that he took those steps and he done that on his own that he didn't have me behind him kind of going you know relax get out there do a bit do this do this I didn't have to do it. He done it himself in the end. Mm. And I am so very proud of him for doing that. Because there's a lot of parents out there and they push their kids too much. And they don't allow them to navigate. Mm. And they don't allow them to make those connections. And they're still kind of ruling the thumb. And you know as well as I do, when you get your freedom away from mammy and out from underneath mammy, you run amok. Mm. But then you start making realisations of going, oh, maybe I did do that a little bit wrong. And you try and make up for it. In whatever capacity you can, whether it's directly or indirectly, you try and make up for past mistakes. And that's why I'm so proud of James, because 
if you had met him back then, oh, no, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, to now, oh, yeah, let's go party, let's go mad, <laughs> you know, dressing up, oh, yeah, this is great, crack, mm. ma, let's do this again, when are we having the next one? <laughs> it's kind of like, you go fucking organise it. <laughs> but, you know, from dealing with the bullying, the crap he done in school, to now seeing him where he is, I couldn't have asked for better. I really couldn't have asked for better. Because it takes a lot for some kids to step away from their ho- their own essence of homophobia. That's what I like to call it. Essence of homophobia. Because when they're kids, they don't really know. And as we all know, kids are scared of different mm. things. When you throw Asperger's into that, mm. that adds another little mix into there too of fear of the unknown. And then to slowly but surely work his own way through that and get him up to where he is. Like if he came in the door tomorrow, and it's something I used to always say to him, I don't care whether you're gay, you're straight, you're bi, you're trans, I don't care. If you just come home, once you're happy, that's all I want for you in life. Outside of that, I don't care what you do. I said, as long as it's not drugs and as long as you don't bring the guards to my door. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'm not gay. And I said, I never said you were gay. So, yeah. I said, you know, for him now mm. where he is in life, to get to there, to to go those steps with him. Because I do know some of my friends who are gay as well and have their own kids. Their kids turn their backs on them. Their kids turned their backs on them and walked away. They were 16. They were like, no, don't want to know you. Mm. Because kids do get it, as with everything in school, they do get it. But the one thing I never introduced anybody in his school environment, so he didn't have his mask swinging off some young one outside the gate, like you see a lot of people do. He never had any of that, so... You know, there was no justification for some of what he was getting. It was purely down to the fact that these kids were going through their own personal crap. Their parents' marriages were mm. breaking down. You know, there was all sorts of stuff, drugs and drink related. Hurt, and hurt people else. hurt people, as we always say on the podcast. Yeah. And, like, James didn't have that at home. Mm. He had me. He had good cop and bad cop all roll into one ball. <laughs> so it depended on what way he turned, he tossed that coin, you know, as to what was going to happen. Mm. But, like, I mean, I never punished him. Everything was, take the television out. Put all your electronics in my room. And you might find this cruel, but I actually thought it worked quite effectively. And anybody listening or watching can take this on board (laughs) if you're trying to find ways about, you know, the kids. Put everything into your bedroom. Lock the door. Go downstairs. Lie on the couch and put on Lyric FM, which is a (laughs) classical musical channel. (laughs) So you just sit there with a book with classical music in the background mm. and you leave a book out for them and that's it. And that was all the punishment that I ever had to do. <laughs> you sit there and read that book. If you open your mouth, I'm listening to this and I used to do Anthony Hopkins in, <laughs> in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> While trying to read a book, you know what I mean? It is very effective, <laughs> you know? Um, and doesn't psychologically mess somebody up either. <laughs> unless it Just turns them off reading and classical and music. <laughs> <laughs> All you've done is create people that are fucking uncultured swines, Mary. <laughs> yeah. oh, I di- at least I didn't sit there with a glass of vino while doing it too. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
and a cigar in the other hand. Mm. Now that would have been really great multitasking mm. at its best, you know, book. Anyway. Mary, yeah, for someone that, that's that was my punishment. For someone that's come so far, what advice I mean whether it's organizations or anything like that, but what what advice would you give to maybe you know, maybe maybe the younger or older listeners or viewers to the podcast in terms of where they could maybe go for support, you mentioned belong to, or what advice would you give them in terms of their journey or um the best way to do it is you've got to be you. There's unfortunately so many suicides still happening with in the teenagers category especially. There is help out there. You've got belong to, they deal with the teenage aspect. But you've got Tenny, which is the Trans Equality Network of Ireland. They deal with all trans, anything to do with trans. They deal with all of that. And it doesn't matter what your age is because they will guide you into the directions that you need to go. There is so many, like we have our own here in the town. I, I've set it up. It's Broad Calara. I decided to stick with Irish because, you know, everybody is jumping on different mm. things. But I chose Broad Calara, which is Pride Calare. Um, Spell that, Mary, for the for listeners. For those who do. B R O F A D. Road, Calara. C I L L D A R A. The Hive is in Calare Town as well. They're where the old post office is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have uh, youth LGBT in there. Um, but all you have to do is go into the Hive any evening after school and they're in there. And they'll look after you. They'll give you all the advice you need. And they'll tell you what days and times that the groups meet at. Uh, there is an, uh, there is two groups out there as well. Support groups for parents of people from the LGBT community who are struggling. Mm. Or who may necessarily can't quite come to terms with discovering their child is gay or trans or whatever the case may be. Um, and is there anything out there for gay parents, Mary? Um, not so much and that's we did have one or two um, they were primarily based down the south so it was quite hard to try and get down so that's part of the reason why I set up Broad Calara mm. as well it was to try and set a separate link into that for the parents as well um, because a lot are in my age bracket and there are some coming up along mm. now but because marriage has been legalised and people now want to start having their own kids um, it doesn't matter what age you are all parents still need advice and still need help Absolutely. and still need a shoulder to yeah. lean on you know it doesn't matter if they're a hundred or whether they're two mm. you know everybody still needs that shoulder and everybody still needs somewhere to turn um, and that's why I'm hoping to have a phone and everything set up to the web page to the Facebook page as, as soon as I can um, I'm working on funding at the moment as well so Fingers crossed that comes <laughs> in because once we get the phone up and running, right. you know, yeah. it'll definitely be a link in. Um, I do have the information up on Broad Kildare on the different groups that are there. Um, in actuality, people can go into a lot of the guard stations and they also have the same posters in there with all the information on them of the different groups. So even if somebody doesn't necessarily work around computers or anything mm. like that, you can walk into your nearest guard station. Uh, they were all given out around the time of Pride. Um, so for the full month of June and into July, most of the guard stations had them on hand. And I'm sure they still have them in the stations mm-hmm. because they obviously have to deal with it in their own areas. It's not like Dublin or yeah, you know, Waterford yeah. or Cork where they're established. Um, 
and that's why I'm trying now. Don't get me wrong, there is a couple of groups in NACE and stuff, but again, it's distance for people. Mm. Whereas at least with Kildare, we can service Munster Evan, Nerny, you know, and the surrounds. Mm. But it's for them at the end of the day, and it's for their mental health to know that they're not alone. There is support out there, and there is, you know, batch of crazy people like me willing to <laughs> reach out and go, yeah. come on, let's do this. And, and fair play to because you for sometimes it. Sometimes that's what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Fair play to you for it, Mary. Before we leave the last word and the words of wisdom with Mary, a huge thanks for coming on and telling her story, being kind of one of those blaze, blaze, trailblazers, rather. <laughs> being gay now, you know, I see a lot of teenage clients, and everyone's coming in, and everyone is bisexual or everyone is pansexual. Poor Mary had the experience. There was no internet, didn't know what she was. Um, and it took it took her a long time to, to find her way. And I'm glad we, I'm glad she did. Um, and I'm also glad she brings in me bins every week and takes in me Amazon packages. Thanks very much, Mary. Second <laughs> she could be my husband, whatever whatever way Mary is feeling. <laughs> so huge thank you to Mary for coming on. And her. Thanks very much, Mary. Really appreciate it. In the meantime, folks, if you want to check us out on social media, you can do that. Bang. Ashling. TikTok. Twitter. Instagram. Facebook. You're trying to mix them up now from earlier, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking know it. And start with the L. Go on. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, which I actually really recommend. Uh, yeah. Tap in Straight Talk and Mental Health. Subscribe, please, as well. Yeah. TikTok. Again, you can go on TikTok and uh, put a new link in where you can actually go straight from TikTok. So if you're on TikTok, YouTube. that'll bring you straight to the YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah. And yep. you go straight back to TikTok. That's easy peasy. Uh, the email address is www.stmhpodcast.com. Oh, cocky bollocks. No. That's the website. I did say website. You said the email address. Oh, sorry, I meant that. The email address. Don't be sm- <laughs> It's your the one to smoke because you do it and then you're like, mm, no. Mm, mm, you give it all of that. So come on. <laughs> Say what I have to go back. The email address is, um, sorry, the email address is hello uh, at stmhpodcast.com. Username at stmhpodcast.com. Yes? No. Oh, I said dot com, didn't I? Yeah. You put me off by telling me Yeah. You got cocky. Um, no, you got, you got thick. <laughs> uh, Podcast Is the username on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah, and a subscribe, giving a subscribe on the YouTube channel is really going to help us out. Um, so we can give you the at. That's great. People are appreciating. We can see. Oh, do we get countries? I don't know if we get countries on YouTube. I must check that out if we, if we can get that. Uh, also, that's really going to help us out is giving a like uh, or a comment or a share on any of the posts that you see on any social media and giving a five-star rating on Apple, iTunes, podcast, fucking whatever it's called these days, and Spotify. That's, that's really going to help us out. And if you haven't already, send us in your X next week. Yeah, yeah next. Quite a few. Oh, yeah. And they're just from her. <laughs> you, yeah. Oh, you've got a lot of fucking X. I was like, I was like and tonight you're like, oh, do you know what else is an X? I'm like, fuck me. How many X have you got? Are you getting paranoid that I'm just developing? I'm just waiting. I was like, <laughs> are you fucking just waiting for next week and then it's going to be me? Because I seen someone walking and I was like, oh, that's another X. Yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. You're fucking, can I just say, you're fucking ruthless, like. Yeah, like a check short. A flannel. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, ruthless. Yeah. So send us in your X. Uh, you can DM us on any of the social media or you can drop us an email or drop a comment on any stuff that you see. And we re- we're going to read them out then uh, next week. Sean has already sent us in her Rick. 
we, we let we get into that one next week. Um, Maybe we combine the inks. Could you just imagine, Shauna? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we are going to be back. Um, we got our check-in episode next week, and then the following week we're going to have an episode on bipolar. We're going to cover bipolar again. Uh, we've already recorded that interview with Kit. Have to say that because you know why? I forgot to change my fucking top. I did two interviews with the same top on, so people are going to either think that lad just wears the same fucking clothes all the time. It really does. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so we'll be back in seven days, folks. Same bad time, same bad channel. But in the meantime, look after yourselves. You got him. Look after each other. Oh. Why are you joking? Look after your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Mary, last word with you. Mary, one of the things we ask of everyone that comes on the podcast is we ask them to share some words of wisdom, some life learnings, some motto, some creed, something they've taken from this life. You've obviously had, you've lived a life in the years you've been here, oh, yeah. Mary. Is there anything that you'd like to you'd like to share from our listeners that you've you've taken from this life so far? My best advice is be yourself a hundred percent. No matter how much somebody tries to put you down, you rise above it and you keep rising above it. No matter what anybody says to you, you are the beautiful human being that you are, and you're the one who gets you there. Not anyone else. If you don't have that courage, find it. Everybody has it deep within them. And it's just a matter of reaching in and finding that and taking it all away. Don't ever step away. Don't ever shy away. And don't ever back down. Be honest and be true to you. Health.